Live from Koreatown, it is the Ozone, back at you, off of another trip, but we're here now, and we're here for you, and the cameras are on us, and the cameras are all over the world, on the NBA, on the NFL, on all of these crisis areas all across the country and the world. I tell you, this has been a very, very difficult time, ladies and gentlemen, but we're here. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller. I'm ready to cover all kind of topics. Global warming. I mean, really? Yeah. I don't know. Is if it real? Tuned in for that? Then we got to throw it in there. If, <laughs> if there's global warming, we might not have any sports to play. Right? Ooh, don't say that. That would be the worst. Don't say that. But we got a lot to cover, folks. Baseball playoffs are right around the corner. A lot of very interesting uh, matchups going on. Some unfortunate matchups early, but we got to see it because this is why they play the games. And. The icons and I had to eat crow the other day, ladies and gentlemen. Yesterday, after all of the nonsense that we've talked over the years about Kobe Bryant, we had to take a picture with him for a professional engagement. <laughs> it was tough. I couldn't help but smile. Yeah, I look, I look sunk in a little bit. No, you look so excited. That was the worst part for you. You look so excited in the picture. No, I looked at the other picture. I didn't look excited. I, with the one with uh, Steve Ross, I, I wasn't really excited like that. I, I don't know. You look like freaking starstruck by Kobe. Got you. You didn't tell him about that 60-point game. Everybody needs to chime in because that's not true. Look at the picture. You'll see. I wasn't stoked. You look that wasn't stoked. They got you. It was not you stoked. You were totally stoked, bro. But he's a different person now. I agree. And I mean, and I told him for everybody who was who was wondering that that listens to the Ozone faithfully and saw us take pictures, I told him. I voiced my concerns. I told him, I said, listen, man, had a problem with you professionally because I'm not a Laker fan. And he said, well, you know, that 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 just goes along with the territory. Gave <laughs> <laughs> me great Kobe. Gave me yeah. classic Kobe. Was a really nice guy, I have to say. I can't front. He's a very nice guy, and, I, and you know what? He spoke the National Retail Federation uh, about his experience transitioning from a megastar basketball player to an investor and a dad, and uh, just the, the the change that takes place in life. It's pretty interesting, actually, because there's a lot of parallels with what goes on with my character Charles Green on Ballers, and hearing him speak about it with, uh, I think it was the president of Nike's Digital Commerce, uh, it was a very interesting conversation. I had the pleasure of opening up for them to speak about the content we created over the summer with Advantage Omar, and it was just a it was a good time had by all. But they, I couldn't help but to to recognize the irony of the Ozone Podcast taking a picture with Kobe Bryant about a year <laughs> about a year and some change after Kobe dropped sixty in his last game, Whatever. and the icons torched him. <laughs> For it and torch the defense for letting him do it. It was disgusting. You can see that his knees still hurt, but he's also, uh, you know, he's giving you old stud work. What can you do? He's Kobe Bryant. I mean, you can't deny that he was a stud. I, I never, 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 never fronted on his ability was, at all. You know, yeah, yeah. I just didn't appreciate his methodology. Right. But that that's a <laughs> that was a good time. That was a really good time. But let's hop right in, folks. It's still a sizzling topic. We got to talk about the NFL. And and the take a knee movement. 
Yeah, and the, and the topic has never stopped unsizzling. <laughs> it's never stopped unsizzling because realistically, even before the take a knee, it was a relevant topic in society. And I have an interesting perspective, I think, about how this is actually Donald Trump unifying the country. Oh, no question. He's he, tearing it apart in certain ways, but he's unifying it in a lot of ways. And to me, ignorance. To, to, through his own ignorance, to me what he's done is he's turned the lights on on the roaches and a lot of people are scattering about. And there's a lot of people eating crow on the professional level now. Right. Ray Lewis, Mr. I will never, Kaepernick needs to cut his hair and he needs to, to get this, that, and the other, was out there on two knees. Yeah. Like, like he was proposing. Like he was. <laughs> hey, man, your babe ain't out here. Your babe ain't here, right? Get up. Neither is the weight room. So what are you doing? Hey, are and you take doing? off your glasses. Because that is disrespectful to yeah, the anthem, by the way. Got the stunners on. You got the stunners on in London. What you doing? It's not even sunny in London. It's gray and cold. So, you know, you got guys like Ray Lewis. You got guys like, uh, I mean, the biggest one was Jerry Jones. It was very interesting because he, he was a, a coordinated effort. Y'all boys, y'all boys help me up. I might get stuck down here. I got some bad knees there, boy. <laughs> Go on, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so Jerry Jones was down there on a knee. And actually, I can't front. To me, I thought Jerry Jones' situation was a political stunt until uh, they asked him about it after the game. And after the game, when they asked him about it and he rode with it, that was a surprise to me. Now, what was his take on it? Because I've heard other things just this morning because Donald Trump has come out and tweeted and said that Jerry Jones is on board with his players standing from now on or something to that effect. Uh, and I believe that because, see, ultimately, and this is what I wanted to speak about with the, with this topic, is, you know, in this, not enough people have been talking about the actual issue and reason for the initial protest. Right. And, it, and there's so much... People are caught up in the minutiae. It's ridiculous because what they're talking about is people taking a knee during the anthem. But it's about the violence that the police are putting on people just primarily. And this is a situation where the media, once again, has done an incredible spin. Because what they've done is they've taken away what it was about, which is about police violence against a certain group of society, primarily black and brown men, but black and brown people, um, and made it about protesting the anthem itself. Right, and it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with the anthem, and they've also tried to to polarize people and make people see that they're divided. They want people to feel like they're divided, that it's about the military. It's against the military. It's against the anthem, and thus being against the country. I read something interesting that a friend of ours put up, uh, um, God rest his soul, Laker Quick's brother put up on Facebook. He said, be careful of the patriot. The patriot is the fake patriot. And there's a lot of people out there giving you fake patriotism. And what, what Jerry Jones said that made me think that he actually had some sort of authenticity to it was this is why we took a knee in unity and equality before the anthem because this was a, a showing of equality with Cheeto calling people the people's mothers bitches and whatnot. Yeah. He wanted to, to show equality and solidarity with his team and with the league in general. And he wouldn't do that in nobody's face. No, he wouldn't. There's no chance, especially not a prime-tuned NFL player's face that's ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. Ready to go. Tear that man apart. Uh, and and he, um, you know, he said that, and he said anybody that has offense to that actually is, he said some of the effect of if you have offense with that, you actually don't have, an, this isn't about the anthem for you because we didn't protest during the anthem. 
We protested before the anthem. We pulled out the flag, yada, 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 yada. Yeah, but this is Jerry Jones playing politics to me. 100%. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree that he was, he was being real with it because Jerry Jones is just basically doing what he has to do to, to keep his team together. Yeah, to well, this is the together. thing. They got him. And, and, and because he's a Trump supporter, this is a way for him to stay in the good graces of his homeboy, too. And they got him because if you remember, on, before Trump did the SOB line, what they said, what Jerry Jones had come out with a statement and said that he give you any of them boys that on my team that that's going to sit during the anthem is going to be on the knee will no longer be a part of the Cowboys organization, give you. And so he said, I don't care who you are. And, and meaning coaches, players, everybody. Right. Then Cheeto pops his shit, which doesn't work. And it actually backfires. And he finds out that there's a league wide protest going on with being on a knee. At which point he has to do something. And especially since he's the, the top dog. He's the top dog. He's the, he's the man. Yeah, there's nobody Ladies and bigger. gentlemen out there, when you feel oppressed, when you feel a thumb on your neck, brother. Find Jerry Jones. It's Jerry Jones' stuff. <laughs> 100%. Get on my back, Jerry. Damn. Nah, boy, I got to hold you down. Pass me them rib tips. No problem. It's Texas Rex making an appearance. And we're going to eat Angus beef till our guts explode. <laughs> and the cows come home. Because they're going to come to slaughter, boy. Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's very interesting. I, I feel like he was playing politics. And I felt like he was playing politics. And that's why. So why you try to give was, him a pass? That man? was even more ironic that, than us eating crow was him eating crow right. down there on his knee. Well, we didn't have to get on our knees or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a picture of the icons. you never see it. <laughs> Kissing. Kobe Bryant's pinky ring. It was a very bizarre thing. I was like, Dude, what are you doing? It was a Put your pinky finger to the <laughs> And Kobe it, said, oh, tell me what you're trying to do. It will not happen. Yeah, no, but it was a very, it was a, it was, it, it's, I, I I was on the fence on it. I definitely feel like he's playing politics. Playing politics, but that's I, it. If he's playing politics, he's playing politics. There's but, no other way to spin it. But you're on a knee. It is documented. You are on the knee so if doing, doing something that you said you would never, ever do. Let me tell you something. Jerry Jones and Donald Trump and all the rest of those cats will do whatever they got to do when it comes to money. They'll do whatever. They're survivalists. Yeah, they will sell you out. Anybody. Opportunists, they are survivalists. Sell out their mama. So they don't, I don't care about them taking knees and all that kind of stuff. That's just enough to appease the crowd. They let everybody look and at me. And didn't, though. People, went, people were booing and going crazy. Yeah, because this they know is, he's fake. No, that's not why they were booing. They're booing because they have their own issues because what we're seeing is a very large portion of people who go to football games yeah. are obviously have a racial bone to pick in their hearts. And you see this. Well, let's talk about this. A lot of people who go to the NFL, get NFL games can afford to go. The people of color most of the time can't afford to go I to agree. these games. You got to watch it on TV. Yeah, so you have to watch it on TV. So, of course, the audience that's there in the stadium is going to not be with that. I agree. But this is, to me, a lot of people follow me have seen for years now um, you know, since since the Trayvon Martin trial, I've been speaking a little cryptically about the powder keg of America that's ready to bust. And this is more and more evidence of what it is that I'm talking about. Because there's only so long that these sorts of things are going to happen with people without some sort of a major pushback. Right. And now you have Colin Kaepernick as a leader who – is still the pariah, and well, he still sacrificed. Well, you know what? Can you call him a leader, though? Because he started a, something, and he stepped back, which is really big of him more so than anything. No, he recognized how much that's, that's what makes me think he's a leader. He stepped back, and he he's not. When's the last time you've seen that dude? How about this? They had, I think it was on Sports Illustrated. The cover of Sports Illustrated is all about this controversy and the movement and 
how uh, Cheeto insulted Steph Curry and LeBron James stepped up on his behalf. We'll get to we'll get to King James in a second. But um and the guy Chris Evans that's in, you know, Captain America and all that stuff, he tweeted out, he said, Where's Cap? Everybody on the is on the cover that's a part of this situation except Colin Kaepernick. Which and, I think is awesome. And I don't actually think it's awesome because he's I I don't think any of those guys asked to be on the cover. But what what's happening is is that subliminally and very subtly, Colin Kaepernick is being more and more ostracized and acceptable to not employ. Right. Like at this point, I mean, I, unless they approve a black ownership group in the NFL, I don't see how Colin Kaepernick gets a job uh, unless something major happens and major injury or something like that. Well, one of the great things, Colin has made his money. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand why he gave that other cheese back. I that was not a leadership move. That was that was not a that was not. I put that in an connecting the, leaders. The leadership. <laughs> no, that All was not. Fame. That was not in the leadership. Hof was not in the handbook to yeah. give back that sixty. But million. he has enough money, hopefully, to sustain himself for the rest of his life. I'm sure that he'll have other opportunities. Would maybe not directly involved with football, but maybe he can do some well, public speaking. Even if he doesn't run, even if he doesn't have enough money, you know what he has. He has juice with the people. And there's this terrible thing, something that you taught me that's great. That's an observation that you made, which was in the United States of America, people act like it's a crime to go broke. Right. And obviously it's not the smartest thing to do. And if you frivolously blow your money, then it's even less wise. But if your cause is more important to you than the dough, then guess what? Then you actually are living your truth. Exactly. And that is leadership. That is admirable. That is integrity. So basically, we're, what we're saying is that he can live with himself, which is more important than anything. And I think this, this is a peace of mind. And that's what this has, whole thing has been about. I think that's what it's been about. The, the, the biggest problem I have with Cap from the word go is when he revealed that he wouldn't vote and he doesn't vote. Yeah. And I think that is nonsense and buffoonery because that's, you have to That's vote. some conspiracy type ish. Uh, yeah, what are you doing? You, ha- you still have to, to vote. Yeah, you still have to vote. Especially you have to vote when you're being a leader of a bunch of other people. Right. Because now you have... Where's his residence? I don't know. Uh, actually, he lives at 311. <laughs> <laughs> he lives with you! No, wait a minute! No, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of leadership qualities in that. And... You know, they had that town hall meeting last night. Did I don't know if you got to see it or not nah. on CNN with Martellus Bennett, Doug Baldwin, Spike Lee, and Brian Hoyer. I think it's Brian Hoyer, Nate really? Hoyer. Not Brian the, Hoyer, not the quarterback. Not the quarterback. Oh, okay. So he's the gentleman who actually, when Colin Kaepernick, before the protest started on a knee, the protest actually started with him sitting during the anthem. I remember that. And he said, hey, man, you need to do this another way because he's a former SEAL. And he said hey, you need to do this another way because this actually is offensive to veterans, is sitting. You could take a knee and nobody in the military is going to be offended. And that's how it started. It was mm-hmm. under the advice of a white military veteran. And uh, it's pretty interesting to see last night there was a lot of conversation. I felt like the conversation needed to be a bit more diverse, but it was still they brought up some good points. Ultimately, I think a lot of people are getting exposed as you know extremely flawed and what I hope that this is, is I hope it's the Band-Aid to make people that gets pulled off so that the healing can start. Right. Maybe you can go jump in the ocean, get that salt water on the wound, America, and we can actually start coming together and being healed. But don't get it down in the South Bay like Long Beach or nothing because that's where you get that bad that bad scab once you rip it off. Really? Yeah. What's it. wrong with the Long Beach water? Because they have a, like the, the area where they dump the, the waste in. 
I need you to tell me which part that is so I don't <laughs> swim there. That sounds like a place that I've that can mess up my stomach. Yeah. And I can get that fresh eating bacteria <laughs> exactly. I don't need. That's what I'm letting you know. I don't want the homie MRSA. <laughs> oh, MRSA, MRSA me. So I think uh, you had Shady McCoy who kind of got revealed because he was talking all that nonsense about Cap in the protest. This is unbelievable though, you, right? You have because Ray Lewis. Jim Mike, Brown. Michael Vick already came out and said that he was out of line. Uh, Jim Brown, which was a huge surprise to me. Tim Brown. Tim Brown, as you... <laughs> As yeah, you, you can go back and look at the footage, you, yeah, it was you, completely you, devastating. You were devastated by Tim Brown's shuck and jivingness. Yeah. Uh, and then I have one that shouldn't be surprising, but it was equally as disappointing, which is Charles Barkley. Did what you did, see what Charles Barkley said? I haven't seen Sir Charles. What did he say? You know, it kind of got swept under the rug. There's so much happening in the world between the earthquakes in Mexico and missile testing and hurricanes in the Caribbean, tearing up Puerto Rico and all other places. It's so much news that it's hard to cover everything. But one of the things that uh, that happened after Cheeto disinvited uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors to the White House and LeBron James stepped up for him, Charles Barkley was called in to speak about the trade of of Carmelo Anthony to the Thunder. And uh, and he said, and he decided to chime in and said, I think it sets a bad precedent. I think it's really unfortunate. I think that it's an honor and a privilege to go to the White House, no matter who the president is. Also, I thought it would have been an opportunity for those guys to sit down and talk to the president about some of the issues and concerns they had. We're all concerned about police brutality. I'm concerned about DACA. They could have negotiated a sit-down instead of just coming in, do that informal stuff where you stand there and you get your jersey and everything. It's unfortunate. It's just really sad, to be honest with you. When you guys start not going to the White House because they don't like who the president is, I think it sets a bad precedent. It's a great Charles Barkley. You like that, Charles? It's, a great it's a true, Charles. too, because I didn't even hear him say it. That was just me reading Charles. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> great Charles Barkley, but it's a, once again a Charles Barkley that's completely confused and out of touch with reality. Because people have been protesting going to the White House forever. Bush had the same problem. I'm sure Obama had the same problem. So it's not anything new. And one of the problems. I don't know if he had it. You know, President Obama, people really universally. They love press. They love press. Even though he was, a lot of people didn't agree with him. He overwhelmed people with cool. I saw somebody put up the bat signs for him. (laughs) With Obama. (laughs) That's pretty sweet. (laughs) Sweet, right? Yeah, but yeah. So, you know, this this is Charles Barkley being Charles Barkley. And it's not cool. Yeah, and not only that, in that situation, do you think that you go to the White House and be able to have a sit down with the president so that you can talk to him about issues? No, he is on the tight. (laughs) He has a tight window. Come in, shake his hand, and get out. And get out. Go eat some lunch. He exactly. He brought in all of those presidents from the HBCUs. And they didn't get to talk to him about anything of relevance. Right. So why would the Golden State Warriors get to talk to him about something? Especially a bunch of people of color. Exactly. And and with a, with a group that advocates for uh, homosexual and transgender equality yeah. and so on and so forth mm-hmm. of an ownership group and everything that is not completely to against that. exactly he's not trying to hear none of that. Now the thing I did want to speak about uh, maybe on the last piece of the political before we just get to the brass tacks of the sports themselves, there were two people uh, that I felt like were really really impressive in this situation. One was Greg Popovich, as usual. Pop is solid. Now let's hear what Pop had to say. The elephant in the room, and we, and we all understand that. But uh, unless it is talked about, 
constantly. It's not going to get better. People get bored. Oh, is it that again? They pull in the race card again. Why do we have to talk about that? Well, because it's uncomfortable. And there has to be an uncomfortable element in the discourse to change. You know, whether it's the LGBT movement or, you know, uh, women's suffrage, uh, race, it doesn't matter. Uh, People have to be made to feel uncomfortable. And especially white people, because we're comfortable. We still have no clue of what being born white means. And if, if you read some of the, you know, uh, recent literature, you'll realize it really is no such thing as whiteness. Uh, but we've kind of made it up. Uh, that's not uh, my original thought, but it's true. And <laughs> it, 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 it's hard to sit down and, and decide that, yes, it's like you're at the 50, you know, the 50 meter mark in a 100 meter dash. Uh, and you got that kind of a lead. Yes, because you were born white, you have advantages that are systemically, uh, culturally, psychologically there. And they have been built up and cemented for hundreds of years. But many people can't look at it it's it's too difficult uh it it can't be something that is on their plate on a daily basis that is once again greg popovich who has the courage to speak out and he's a veteran he's a a great coach as we know and he's completely relevant socially all the time he really understands you know what i mean does but there's so many people who don't understand that but that's why, but see, I'm not even mad at that. I, I no, feel like that's either. a part of the, you know, and this is why one thing that, that uh, conversations that are had, uh, I think, between people in private that they don't really speak about amongst groups of people who have a diverse body of friends is how important it is to get other people of other cultures who actually do get it to be the spokespeople for witnessing about the issue. Because all the black people in the world can be upset and all it does is service that whatever industry benefits from the division, from then the white people who don't get it or the brown people who don't get it or the Asians that don't get it or the whatever. And there's power in division. Exactly. And there's more power in unity, just like there's more power in the light than there is in the dark side. Right. As Anakin Skywalker found out. Wise decision have you made? Nice Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) And so then – and so – so, you know, you have this situation where somebody like, you know what, a lot of, I'm sure Pop, like our good friend of the Ozone, Troy Garrity, gets a lot of hate mail about his stances as a white man standing up for equality and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And yet, if he touches anybody, he also is doing his job and he's true to the people that he works with. Most importantly, he's true to himself and he can look in the mirror and go to sleep at night. Right. You know what I mean? It's a very, it's a very important thing. Now, the second person that was super-duper impressive, as usual, was one LeBron James. Thank you. <laughs> this guy, and now we I think at this point, legally, we have to let you know that our show is distributed on uninterrupted.com, which LeBron James has an ownership stake in. But, you know, as we do, we keep it real in the ozone, and we talk crazy about everybody. When when LeBron comes up short, we, he gets he feels the flames, too. <laughs> uh, but in, in this scenario, he's yet to come up short. 
LeBron James came out and basically said he will never be quiet about this as long as he has the relevancy and the platform to speak out. And that's awesome because there's so many entertainers and athletes and everybody, the people of affluence who just will not say anything because they are afraid of the bottom line. They're they're afraid of somebody not liking them or or losing their money or losing their money or something like that. And these these are people who who, have power, who potentially not only do they have power, but they already have wealth. Right. This isn't like a, you know, we're not talking about a side buster. We're talking right. about big big, <laughs> big name people yeah. that could speak out that don't. That could make a difference. That actually can make a because difference. Because for me, a one-on-one, I met a guy, uh, um, a white person last week who literally asked me, is there really? You met a white person? Yes. Walking down the street. Wow! He said, Terry? <laughs> Icons? He said, is there really racism in the world still? Wow. And I was like, Really? Yeah. He, he's just completely, and he was being honest with himself. He just yeah, he wanted, wanted to know. He wanted to know because he doesn't feel it. He doesn't see it. It's not, you know. It's, because just like any other issue, if it's not relevant in your particular life, it's going to be hard for it to then in turn take a place of importance and priority for right, you. Right. You know, it, it's not until someone you know gets cancer that cancer becomes something very important to you. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I knew very little about epilepsy and seizures before our brother passed away from exactly. epilepsy and seizures. Exactly. Now I am extremely sensitive to the cause of of the, the plight yeah. of what it is that people are going through. And you have a lot of knowledge about it now. And now I have knowledge that it's important for me to share right. to other people, which I have done. Right. You know what I mean? And this is this is what that circle of life is about. This is what it is that that we're here to do, in my opinion, is is literally to, to go with the each one, teach one, and, yeah. and to give, yeah, to, to give, give of ourselves. It's a, it's just it's a trip. And this kid, LeBron James, I call him a kid, but I say it because when I think of him, I think of him. I remember I got invited to LeBron James' twenty first birthday party, and here in Hollywood, and I was like, wow, that's a random invite. He must have like somebody randomly must have been an eight mile fan or something, and you know we'll go and. It'll be 10,000 people, and who knows if he'll be around. I got there. He literally came right up to me and was like, what's up, man? I'm so happy you made it. And he was very young. and 21 years old. And, uh, and you know, being from that part of the the country, I guess mm-hmm. he did was was an 8-mile fan. Mm-hmm. But he was just so young and, and, and humble. You know what I mean? And it was really, really cool. And in this situation, to see him speak out, he deserves the kudos for that, man. Really deserves the kudos. And now... He may deserve another ring with the squad that he has. The squad is better than it was last year. <laughs> the squad has squad been improved. Squad is nuts. You Baby, hear me? that's nuts. Squad is nuts. You got rid of Kyrie and then you bring in IT <laughs> and D-Wade? I just there's no way for me to express the the Are you crazy? The, D-Wade? Dwayne Wade is a stone cold winner, man. He doesn't get the credit for it, but he's just as good as as, as everybody, Kobe Bryant <laughs> yeah, of the no. world and everybody else in his generation. That dude can go. knows how to win games and close games, and he's a killer. Man. He's a killer. He hits big shots. Now you have three killers big on the squad. Steals. Yeah, because IT is a killer. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And and you just have to cut down on the boneheadedness, in my opinion, because there's a lot of – I saw a lot of brain-dead activity going down uh, in the playoffs, in the finals for the Cavs, and I think a lot of that just had to do with the tension that we I didn't know about. And we did, there was a lot of dissension going on that was, you know – That was behind the scenes. Yeah. And now we have this situation where hopefully they have enough time for everybody to gel and then IT get his body back together, which I love the fact that he came out and spoke. I love the vocal athlete. 
I love the, yeah, the person what, who, what about the fan? I, I despise what about the, the PC world. Yeah, just for everybody to know. What about the fan who doesn't want the athletes to say anything? They want them to stay in their place. And what is their place? <laughs> the plantation, I guess. To, well, see, to me, their place, they've been elevated in society, both financially and status-wise. And what comes with that responsibility of the light, <laughs> they've been living the dream, yeah, yeah. They've been love with the light, yeah, yeah. And so what comes with that is the responsibility to speak about issues that are both important to you, your fan base, and people that you can affect positively. That's what goes along with driving Bentleys and Benzes and living in nice houses and the whole song and dance. Well, that's where people are, are twisted because they they want to see that part, but they don't want you to say they want to be sold something, but they don't want you to have a personal opinion about anything. And this, in my opinion, is the beauty of what wealthy people have been able to do forever that do not live in the light. Wealthy businessmen who actually pay the athletes. The same businessmen who have successfully made people never question on how much their salary is right. versus how much the salary of the athlete is. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very it's a very intelligent trick that they've been able to pull. And I feel like it, it must be passed <laughs> off generationally just that methodology, yeah. you know? But uh, yeah, all that stick to—I mean, I get that sometimes on on Twitter and whatnot. Myself is a stick to acting, dude. Blah 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 blah. Like I'm a I'm a citizen of the United States. I, I'm a person. I have uh, a, I, I have a dynamic opinion on everything that affects me and thus affects you. You don't have to listen. And, and some of the stuff that you know that you might not even feel. That's it. That's it. And so, you know, I think uh, it, it's an interesting situation. But right now. When we're talking about just transitioning real quick into basketball, geez louise. There's some super teams out there. <laughs> Honestly, it's going to be hard to play against OKC because they kept Steven Adams. I don't agree. I, I feel like they're not going to be enough balls. <clears throat> it's not enough ball. Russell, what's going to be any different when Russell Westbrook was with Kevin Durant? The fact that Carmelo Anthony might actually not go seven for forty-two in the fourth quarter of games yeah, that are but, closeout, but games. he's going to give up the the on the other end. He's, he's not going to play defense. But you got Paul George who can play on both sides of the ball. Russell Westbrook plays on both sides. of the Okay, ball. you got two guys now. I mean, I mean, and now you got that, defense with you, but, but not Stephen only Adams, that, a real seven footer. Russell Westbrook doesn't doesn't want to share the ball. I do I, not. I, I do I, not believe that. Whatever. This is well. We're we'll save see. this for basketball yeah. season, but. If you want to criticize a guy like Russell Westbrook, criticize his fashion choices. You can't criticize the man's game. The man's game is impeccable. Man's got a nice game. I didn't he say that. Nice nice, <laughs> but but he doesn't that have a championship. Man has a nice game. But the man does not have a championship game. So I don't know about that. Now, it wasn't it wasn't his fault that they didn't win it was that his year. Fault, for, that Kevin Durant. It, this is why Kevin Durant is boohooing, making up fake Twitter pages, is because he feels bad because he knows it was on him. Not, oh yeah, he feels bad. Yeah, I feel so bad. So what is he doing making fake Twitter pages? <clears throat> because he just wants to heckle the the critics. Oh, get out of here! Nope. Out of here. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, There's no, no. way. Yeah. That's not, yeah. not what he wants to do. This is what he's he's sensitive, just like all the other millennials, and that he, where he cares too much about what other people say. Well, if that's the case, Westbrook should care because he was out there stat chasing all last year. That's not true. They win. They won. What did they win? They were About barely over 500. Games. Something like that. No, they weren't. Oh, well, no, they what was weren't. their record? I, mean, I, don't, I don't have it off the top of my head. You can look, it up, look him up. But they definitely overachieved for the team that he was playing with. And most of it was his fault. I, I, just, I just can't do it. Russ, I'm going to run into you. When I we run just ran into, into you. When, no, at, at the, the fight, fight. Yeah, but he was, everybody was hyped up about, about Triple G at that point. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really might get a chance to speak on. <laughs> then we got a rematch coming. But we got a caller to speak about. The college scandal going down right now. Yeah, let's get into that. Next victim, you're on the Ozone. What's poppin'? 
Let's get them in the house. Let's get it cracking. Got a lot of material to discuss with you guys. We do. Seems like you've been deep working deep in the college space for the ozone consultation. That's that's the space he's working in right he's now. Working in that college day, space every you, day. <laughs> and what do you think about this? This uh, watch out! <laughs> it's the rifleman. They got him. They got your boy Chuck Person. They got the rifleman. Boy, they got him. Peeled him out. FBI feds. Unbelievable. Watch out. Got them. It's a dirty game, you know, college basketball, college sports in general. You know, I was doing some research and it was uh, they were saying that college sports, college basketball alone brings in six billion dollars. And you know how much the players get? Absolutely zero donuts. No, they, they get, get donuts education. across the board. Yeah, they Come get an on. education. Next I, victim, they get an education. Don't be like that. Yeah. How do I get an education, education if, in the March Madness? We're oh, beyond that. What if they do finish and they just actually didn't learn anything? Or what if you go there and your coach tell you, hey, I didn't bring you out here to do that. I brought you out here to play a game. I brought you out to play sports. I and, have a feeling that you have a direct situation which my coach with that. told me. My coach told me, <laughs> I did not bring you out here to go to school, son. I brought you out here to play baseball. And I was like, okay, that cool. is the dirty part about it, though. That is the that is such the dirty part about it. And the discussion can go on and on and on because the coaches is getting six million dollars. Yeah, you know, for winning championships, and they bringing in the kids. The kids is getting what, uh, uh, say, a sixty-five thousand dollar education, maybe ninety thousand dollar education. If they're good enough, they get a, a million dollar job. If they're just okay. They just they getting their scholarship, they getting their degree, but what what and a six figure job, and possibly so like, an STD. <laughs> That's always definitely an STD. <laughs> all, all, all things are on the table. Everything's on the this table is my in college. This is this is my writer. <laughs> the STD is in the contract of the scholarship. You will incorporate. You just hope it's a light one. You just hope it's a curable one. Yes, yeah, so right. so. This is just really interesting to me because I love Rick Pitino, actually. I can't front. I love Rick Pitino. He won me some money before when he was with Kentucky uh, uh, on a national championship. But you're lucky, though, because he was probably on the take at the time. But, see, this is the issue. How do we penalize Rick Pitino, the rifleman Chuck uh, person, and everybody else that remains nameless? uh, Basically, that there's plenty of names, but I don't necessarily recognize them. When this is literally happening at every organization – Every in day. Division <laughs> One and probably two basketball every day yes. for thirty years. Yeah. Now, how do you how do you single them out? Patino's one of those guys, kind of like Jerry Tarkanian, who they decided, no, enough you know what, enough. we had enough of you. You're you're out of here. Right. And that was just you know that just seemed like that was all it was to it. Like they just decided that that was it. Because this has been and going on forever. And he was in Vegas, though. And Jerry Tark was the shark was in Vegas. So well, the shark was know. in Vegas, and it was a direct gambling thing. Right. That was that was that seemed right. like part of that issue. But my thing is this: we have a a, a friend who's a, a high level AAU coach who talked about the scandal that was going down in this whole scenario uh, and how the system, top to bottom, and I donate to his organization to try to subsidize some of the costs. He's bringing kids from Africa. He's bringing kids from all over the place to play AAU ball, to travel all summer, and they need sponsors, and it's a nonprofit organization. Yeah, but why don't they just call it a farm system? That's what it is. It's a farm system, but they don't want to share the the money. That's the bottom line. At the end of the day, this is what it comes down to. They don't want to share. But it's, it's it's a lotto. It's a lotto because you're bringing in these kids to hopefully you're going to basically bring them to a better situation. 
better situation ideally for us growing up was to go to college. But now it's bypassing college and okay, you do your one year, you go to the to the league and whatever you know, the contract or whatever it is, the, the verbal discussion that's laid out on the table to bring this young kid, this young stud to this location on the back end. It's like, okay, you made it to the league. You shook hands with the, with the, uh, with the NBA person. And now I want some money back or bring you become the athlete becomes a recruiter from, you know, to recruit another kid that come from the same location as you come from. You know, you understand what I mean? So it's, it's, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing revolution, and, and this stuff with the college hoop, this is going to slow it down and make everybody, you know, act a little accordingly. But it's going to it's going to keep going. Well, they're it's just going, going to, to switch continue. gears and go to another level because they had taken the money out of the colleges. Then it then it dropped down to the high school. Now it's going to be in the little league parks or whatever. But they need talent, and that's fine. Just pay the people. That's the bottom line. When it comes down to it, pay them, pay them. Because like in college yeah. before. Uh, at our school, one of the point guards was the barber, and he would cut your hair, and you would have to literally leave the room and leave the $5 on the top of the dresser like he was a hooker so that there was no transaction going on. These guys are practicing all day. I, we, I was friends with a lot of the football players. That was part of the reason I didn't want to play football is that you practice all day and all night, right? and then by the time you get out of practice and weightlifting – and study hall, there's not the 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 meal card doesn't even work right. because the cafeteria is closed. Right. But but they don't have any dough to actually go do anything because you can't work because because you, you because you literally can't work. Now the star player on our team miraculously had a brand new Nissan Pathfinder, <laughs> nice and, nice whip back then, nice whip ninety seven Path ninety seven Pathfinder with a with a two bedroom apartment in downtown San Jose. I mean that was that was a good layout. How much? Sixteen hundred a month. Sixteen <laughs> in ninety-seven. It was yeah. a grip. So it's like, and and instead of actually sharing the wealth, right? They would uh, once again, based on greed. This goes right back, like to the kneeling conversation. These are people who want to turn a blind eye when they feel like it, when it's convenient. Absolutely. Instead of just saying and doing the right thing and saying, "Hey, you know what? We need to figure out a stipend situation." Across the board, because I'm not just saying that the basketball guys should get paid or the football guys should get paid. If they're bringing in crazy revenue. Which they are because they can pay the coaches crazy revenue. I mean crazy dough to the coaches. Absolutely. The AD. You know the athletic director makes him an arm and a leg as well. The recruiters is getting the money under the table, which is where all this starts at. Right. now, And then, wait, wait, then you have the the companies, like what, they're finding out that the tennis shoe company have a lot of influence on this as well? Yeah, because they put that situation in place where they said that that regulation or law or whatever it was where they said, hey, you guys can't have professional contracts to give kids stuff in college. So they started to go with the younger kids. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, which is even more ridiculous. Uh, but I wonder now what is the consequence because they, for some reason, they seem like they want this to be a big deal. They, 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 they're, they're acting like it's breaking news when everybody who's ever been affiliated with college sports knows that this is just what happened. Exactly. And, uh, and now it seems like they want to make some noise and I wonder, so what is the consequence? What's the consequence for it's, it's Adidas that's caught up in this one, right? Right. What can they do to it? That's what, that's what I mean. What, I mean, they, they took Chuck person away in cuffs, I do believe. Wow. Right. Yeah, they walked him out. They, they did, walked. He did the park walk. Wow, they did they CP like out. that. They did CP like that. All he wanted to do was shoot a jumper. <laughs> wet too. Oh, his yeah. jumper was so wet. <laughs> they Crazy. walked him out. 
Well, I, I think the consequence is Eastside walk it know, out. Now let's I walk it out. They walk it out. Now walk it out. That's that green that's that green mile. He, he gave, it that to, gave it to him, that long walk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> no, I think the consequence it's 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 a good thing because it's bringing everything to the table. It's some snitches that's going to be out there that's going to be speaking and throwing everyone under the bus. But then the benefit of it all is now you're going to have to pay these scholarship athletes more more bread besides just the scholarships. Yeah. You, know you think I mean? you think that this will actually spur some movement about it? Yes, because if you think about it, when he, with the with the O'Bannon case and all of that stuff, yeah, okay, they paid some of the, the the players, but they kept that they kept that shit quiet as kept because right. NCAA, you know, it's so much money involved. Well, they, yeah. they probably paid they probably paid the O'Bannon, so, you know, the mother athletes and say, okay, you know, we're gonna give you this lump sum. You guys can't talk no, no more about it. They haven't said anything else about that, and now this is coming to the table. Yeah, but so now it's like okay. No, but I'm saying they obviously have a problem because you got guys like Sandusky running around busting ass and everything. Where were the snitches then? Mm, You know what I'm saying? Speaking on it, right? And nobody got any money for ours. I know. Did anybody get paid? It was not prostitution. This was unwilling activity. Yeah, this is non-consensual. And this is now we're talking about coaches who have a player over the barrel because he doesn't have because the NCAA won't let him get paid, and this guy has them over the barrel so he can do whatever he wants to. Talk or, crazy to Talk him. crazy, lose your scholarship. Some of you guys, you watch some of the footage, see the coaches hitting players and stuff, something that they would never do in their life. They would never, ever in life actually have the nerve for the five foot eight man to swing on the six five athlete. Right. It would never happen. Never. It's a total abuse of power. Exactly. I see it in the entertainment business. I see it I see it with these people all the time. I see I see it all the time. Where their ego and their position and their status allows them a confidence that they would never have in real life. Right. Because they would get their head cracked open. It's a just right. a it's 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 an abusive authority. It's 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 an abusive situation. And if you can level the playing field by these guys having some money or having some kind of leverage besides you saying that you're giving them an education because what they're saying is that listen, if you don't do what I say at this point, I'm gonna take everything away. The money, the scholarship, your family's gonna go to crap. Yeah. And these guys are kids right. and they're they're thinking, Hey, you know what, this is my family's opportunity if I can make it. Yep. So they go, you know, they'll play games and do whatever they gotta do. But it's not right. So now what do you guys think the fee structure should be in this scenario? All depending on your stats. You put up some decent numbers. Give, I'm, I'm all about you put up the numbers. With the college athletes, though? Yeah, like I don't. I don't think it. I don't think you can. That's I don't think not, you can tear it out like that. I well, think you can it, tear it out, but just no. put a cap on the uh, the amount that you can make. Back in college, if you got at least a thousand dollars a month, you would be happy. Plus your scholarship and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, no, no, that, no. That, that's a that's a decent wage for you. Say the upper tier, maybe get fifteen hundred bucks or something. But give them something. You just having absolute power, absolute authority, and you don't give them anything. And you know, even the coach, he'll maybe leave a couple of bucks for you to go get you something to eat. And he'll just leave it out somewhere, and you yeah, just yeah, have to yeah. go pick it up and all that kind of stuff. No, give these guys. There's their also money. a demoralization in that. Yes, that's you know a power I mean? move. That's a power move. There's an, there's a lack of humanity in that. Yeah. Instead of me receiving a check. Okay, so you're saying maybe you'll cut the tuition down and give me some of that money, give me some of it in cash value. There has to be something to work out, but you just can't keep running amok and doing everything that you want to in NCAA and act like it's not, you know, whatever. 
Now I wonder if this I is, think hmm. I think that the coaches shouldn't be paid that much of that that much bread. I agree. The coaches need they they pay scale need to be cut down because as icons were saying, they getting breaded out and they walk around like they Charlemagne the God. Like they can do whatever <laughs> they want to do and say what they want to say. You, you know, know an interesting I mean? thing so, about that, I wonder if that goes to huh, that's 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 an interesting perspective. I wonder if they sent the money back into the organization, into the school itself, like to subsidize tuition costs as opposed to I mean, it's a university. It's supposed to be a not for profit. For unless it's a private school. Good luck. So then so then no, I'm saying in theory, yeah. you know what I mean? Based on their bylaws and so on right. and so forth. So in theory, if Ed O'Bannon putting up 25 a night could actually then in turn subsidize a scholarship for some other kids. That would be the most, you know, merit based way to do it in my opinion. But do you, it's just not the, and these colleges write off these guys names forever, forever. Look at, look at it now, even in NFL, when they announce the lineups, who's on the front line of you, you're from the U I'm from, you know, Ohio state. Exactly. Why are you still talking about that? Why is Terrell Suggs still telling me where he's from? What does it matter? You've been in the league a hundred years. You've been in the league hundred years. Right. This is like President Trump still talking about the, the election, even right. though you he's not delivering goods and services to Puerto Rico. This is the same thing. It's over. You, you Now do your job. Now do your job. You said you want it. Now you got it. You Terrell Suggs. You're the middle linebacker. Right. You bring the noise. And I don't need to know what school you went to. Need bring to the noise you. Bring the noise you. But see, but this, this is this is what I'm talking about with the brainwashing and thus the, the systemic nature of all of these uh, organizations, systems, whatever you want to call them. This is what it is. You know, and this is the danger of it. Right. This is the real yeah. danger of it. That's why it's not going to stop. It's, it's, it's not going to stop. Down. They're just going to put a different yeah. a mask on it. That's basically what they're going to do. They're yeah. going to put a different mask on it and, and just package it up as something else. They'll figure out something, but they're going to get their yeah. money. That's what we should always understand. They're going to figure that's out off, a way to, That's off the top. They're going to get, get their money. They got to get their change. down just to get the feds off off everyone's back, you know, and then they're going to continue to do what they do. They'll get another person who's – you know, not a big name that understands the game of the AAU and all the recruiting process who has no involvement, teach them up, train them so they can be the next top person. And as you know, the next three or four years, it's the same thing. But, you know, it's it's so much investigating that goes on because, man, you have so many universities. But uh, Yeah, but I'm waiting for the... I'm waiting for the expose because I want to see who actually made them or who did something to actually make them bust right. the story out because that's where the real story is. This is this is just common yeah, knowledge. This is common knowledge that there's blue chipping that goes yeah, on in, sport, exactly. in college sports. We need to know why it is that they finally let the cat out the bag. Somebody pissed somebody off, somebody didn't get paid, or somebody rubbed somebody the wrong way. That's the only reason why it's coming out now. Okay, so let's say this. This could be a, um, a possible thing that can happen or that they can do. So you have say ESPNs are the nation's top 100 players each and every year, seniors, sophomores, juniors, whatever. So with those kids being potential blue chip, how about giving them, you know, an extended scholarship or maybe uh, a one-year agreement to play college ball, but the ones that are not, maybe they can play two or three years in college and then decide to go to the NBA. I well, would, but see, but this is the problem with that. This, there's multiple problems well, with that. Because my, one, because it's only basketball, and you one year and out. Two, some of the people actually do want to go to school. Right. Like some, you have certain kids who accept scholarships who may not be from a financial hardship, whose parents are like, "No, actually, you're going to go and complete your degree." Right. You know, 
But then you also, right. what you could do is right. to have the, the leagues, when you're talking about blue chippers, have some of these players that are blue chippers, have the NFL, the NBA, whatever, give a kickback to the to the college. Let the let the NBA pay for some of that. You know, if you act like you want to, if you want to play the broke card. But everybody knows that the universities and colleges aren't broke. Nor are the professional teams. Yeah. So if the NBA, not a specific team, but the NBA as an organization decided to allot a certain amount of monies for the NCAA to distribute through for the athletes who are on the upper tier, you know, that will work out a lot better than them acting like they don't have money, the colleges don't have money, and the kids need to go hungry every night because they've been practicing for six or seven hours a day and then go to school for an hour. Right, right. but you know what, though? Icons, but as you know, it's like most of the colleges, they pretty run, they pretty pretty much run their stuff, you know, crooked, but the ones that are the most crooked are the alumni. The alumni are the one that's backdooring and paying some of these recruiters or paying some of these these or helping out some of these student athletes more than the university is. Yeah, but you know it's a give to get. So what are they giving to get? Right. They're, they're just not yeah. just throwing these dudes a bone, just throw them a bone. Somebody's got to be getting something. Somebody's getting greased somewhere. You know, and the bottom line, that's what I'm saying. I'm waiting for the expose to find out who it is or what it is that made these guys bring to open up the box, Pandora's box, and say, hey, listen, look what's going on here, because they just don't do that. Well, you're going to be reading for the next two years then, because that's going to be a heavy expose. That's going to be a big expose. I wonder if it'll break, though, because <laughs> seriously, that's somebody got rubbed the wrong way, and that's how that yeah. information comes out, because otherwise everybody's playing ball. Everybody gets greased, and the beat goes on. Yeah. Right. You know? As number 45 said, we have a leaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Well, what do you got as far as uh, college football goes? What do you think about college, college football? football? It is going down. And why can't UCLA beat Stanford ever? Because uh Stanford plays a NFL type offense, NFL type defense, and some some most of these schools still want to go with the five spread and let's run, let's run, let's get more offensive plays. No. Football is football. You have to play the game, each and every game, the right way. You know, so here we go. Alabama versus Ole Miss. Who y'all got? You know what? I, it's hard to go against Alabama because they play a very, very professional game. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, all but, day. But Ole Miss is, is tough. The Ole Miss They're is playing tough. in Ole Miss. I'm going with so, Alabama. I'm rolled high. Alabama. Yeah, I rolled. You number, just, we got number two. We got number two, Clemson at V-Tech. That's a big game. Uh, V-Tech is, is – the Mahogies is tough to play in Virginia. Yeah, they boy. are. Gosh, <laughs> oh, my God. I can't go against Clemson. Y'all know I roll with Deshaun Watson, good dude. And just Clemson is a good program, you know. So I got to stay with – I got to stay with Clemson over V-Tech. We got number three, Oklahoma, them young gun Sooners. You know, they playing. I got to roll with them. We got number four, Penn State versus Indiana. Saquon Barkley of uh, of Penn State. The boy is a stud. The boy is a stud. <laughs> He's the one that ran all over USC last year in the Rose Bowl. But we know the outcome of that. And then we got tomorrow's night game. We got SC and uh, Washington State. Number five, SC versus number 15, Washington State. In Washington. This is going to be a big game because this is, should be a bounce-back game for Matt, uh, for Sam Darnold. But I'm going against SC. Really? I'm, I'm going against SC. I don't like the way that they uh, struggled last week. Don't like it. Do not like it. 
Washington State is, is young again. It's hard to play in that Pacific Northwest. It's under the Friday night big lights. So I got to go with Washington State. Got to go with them. Wow. Um, wow. Going down south, we got Georgia at Tennessee. Uh, we got Michigan. We got TCU, Wisconsin games coming up on the weekend. Got to gotta give a shout out to our big school, San Jose State at UNLV. <laughs> got, San Jose State has the, only, has the only uh, – has the only defense ranked lower than in in the in, in the, <laughs> the entire Raiders. top one hundred? That's lower. It's <laughs> lower than the Raiders. Hilarious. But what you did see is a San Jose State coach break it down, base style oh, out yeah. there. He got he cut loose, didn't he? Ugh, every time. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's pretty much what the college football. We got a, a late Saturday night game. We got uh, Mississippi State. At Auburn, that should be a good game to cap the college weekend. Um, Thursday, well, Friday through Saturday games off. I like um, I like Mississippi State. Mississippi State got the defense. They got the youngsters on offense. Auburn is tough. The Eagles is is tough in Auburn, but uh, gotta go with gotta go with Mississippi State. Wow. Now, now, last thing before you go, next victim. What do you think about the Angels getting eliminated from playoff contention in Major oh, League Baseball? <laughs> <laughs> what? I just I just wanted to know. You know, it's a, this is a sports podcast. I just wanted to know how you felt about it. Man, it hurt my heart last night. It hurt right, you my knew it was going to happen. Two weeks, man. Shut up. They were playing. They were happen. playing good. They were playing well, were really playing well good. for a while. And then we got into the month of September. And do that you American remember League, yeah, that American League was too tough? They ended up having to play. Yeah, they like, had Houston, uh, Texas, they had Cleveland, Houston, and they Cleveland. had Texas when Texas was hot. And forget it, yeah. Oakland. <laughs> yeah, they, so, they Houston came in and wrecked shop, and so did and, so did and Cleveland. Just gave them the business. Yeah, they put I them out of contention. That, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. And then you know the Twins was hot, but it was like I watched the game last night. And I watched some of the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the 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 after game. And they had the nerves to say that the bullpen was was pretty good this year. And after that, I turned the station. <laughs> you turned the station off. I turned the station. We lost too many games from the seventh inning to the actually. Extra inning. The Angels won like, more games late than anybody in all of baseball, but that was just because they had a crazy comeback and crazy heart. Right. Absolutely. But but it didn't stick. have to do. But they did give up a lot of leads late. The Angels weren't equipped yeah. to win this year. They had a couple key injuries, but. You know, ultimately, Artie Moreno has a tendency to overstock his outfield. <laughs> he and loves he, a good outfielder. He loves a good outfielder. I've never met an outfielder I didn't like. <laughs> and for gotta, some reason, he will not hire. But he won't hire middle relief or pit, front line pitchers. No. They haven't had a front line pitcher since Jared Weaver was good. And that's not true. Yeah. They had Jared Richards. Jared like Richards was good for one year. I mean, with, that's, that's not enough. Jay up. The, the pickups they did late with Jay Upton and, and just another Upton outfielder, and, another outfielder. But yeah. Justin Upton, to his credit, hits a home run every day. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but what does it matter though? You don't have enough pitching. You, no, it, right. you can't. You can't. It's, it's like trying to out train that bad diet. You can't do right. it. Can't do hey, it. Hey, man. But real quick, just off the subject, off the subject with the whole. I'm not sure if you guys talked about it last week or not, but with the kneeling of the uh, during the national anthem, I bring this to everyone's attention because I work with a bunch of veterans in the veteran. Right. Uh, in the world, and I ask them often, you know, when the national anthem is played, you know, if you are at home watching the Super Bowl, if you are 
walking into a restaurant and they play the national anthem, do you stand up? And most of them say, no, we don't. So why give Kaepernick and everyone else a problem or your voice or your opinion because they're on a public platform in the stadium kneeling and they don't have an answer. So I just want to throw that out there. I, I, I try calling in to a couple of stations and speak to Mr. Stephen A. Smith. I can't get in. Just want to throw that out there because think about it. When we're at home and we're watching the game, say the Super Bowl, um, if we're fortunate to be at the game, like some of us, but if we're at home <laughs> watching the game, are we going to stand up and, 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 you know, for the national anthem? Or do we grab some chips and some cookies and, and worry about who's singing? There you go. I'm not worried about neither one. Just, I just wanted the game to start, honestly. Next victim. There you go. Happy to have you. <laughs> Always friend and family of the right. Ozone. And, Please uh, hit your boy. Next will... victim Twitter. Yeah, I was about to say, tell the people where they can find you. It is Next Victim Twitter, N-E-X-V-I-C-T-K-M, I believe. I'm walking. I don't know what it is. Just hit me up on Next Victim. If you follow Ozone, I'm on there. If you follow Omar Benson Miller, just add me. There Next it is. Victim. I'll, I'll blast you out. All right, Victim, thanks for the perspective. Right, Catch you soon. All right. Thank y'all. You know, Victim brought up a very interesting point with that, with watching at home. And to me, what that speaks to is classic Americana about the show and the spectacle. Uh, I mean, it's very interesting. I never thought about it watching at home. Um, but I want to move on pretty quickly because we're getting we're getting heavy over here as far as the time goes. Uh, I'm really happy about a, a development in the boxing world that I want to know if you saw. Which was? Which was HBO, the home team. Decided to sign Danny Jacobs. That was awesome. I love that. Yeah, that was a great move. Great move because he is the second most exciting middleweight in the world. And I really think that he's going to be able to make some big fights. And I think that fight that he had with Gennady, and truthfully, whatever problem that he had as far as uh, promoting or whatever else, actually will help him time-wise to heal because he hasn't fought since March. So now he's going to fight, I think, November 19th or something like that. That's plenty of time to heal up. He's in crazy shape. He is the miracle man. And now he he's can an have, elite fighter. He, he's an elite fighter. And now he can have a home and start creeping up those uh, pound for pound lists. I'm really, really happy about that. And our boy, Sean Porter, just uh, made an announcement that yeah. he's on that uh, that Deontay Wilder card. So Porter Granados is coming up. A lot of good fights coming up in the fall. We're going to have a busy fall. I'm very excited about that. Um, but to wrap it up, to a game so fine, it's played on diamonds. Ladies and gentlemen, October is coming, and this is my favorite time of the year. Not just because it's my birthday, and I'm a Libra, and I enjoy nice walks on the beach, but because it's a Major League Baseball playoffs, and nothing but nothing but nothing is consistently more exciting than the Major League playoffs. Totally unpredictable. And this year, we got some matchups that are incredible. Last night, the Icons and I looked at some of the matchups, and he was very disappointed about one first-round matchup in particular. Speak on it. Oh, yeah, the Red Sox and the um, Houston Astros, man. That was a, the clash of the Titans. I really feel like Houston has the upper hand because I predicted them first and foremost the whole year. <laughs> but, I mean, the Red Sox don't have any thump. I think that's going to come back to haunt them. I think the Red Sox, needs, Red Sox need more power. They need a big stick, and maybe in the offseason they'll go grab one because I think, what, J.D. Martinez is out there, and they're also talking about Stanton, you know, yeah. maybe getting out of Dodge. And they got money. 
So and they have not, money. It's not going to be. Uh, yeah. It's not going to be a money issue. Now, one thing that I find interesting, and you don't usually get this, is there's a sneak preview because Houston and Boston are about to play right now. Right. And you don't usually get that. Now, what I'm wondering is, is do they go all out and go for it? Uh, Boston is obviously going to go for it. Boston's going to go for it. Boston has to go for they it. They have to go for it because the Yankees are hot on their neck, uh-huh. right on their tail. And uh, this is this is a very interesting thing. Looking at it right now, how do you see it playing out in the wild card games? Colorado will play Arizona. What happens? That is so tough to call. Arizona in Colorado. Yeah, I'll take Colorado. Wow, I'll take Colorado, but if the if if the um if the Arizona can get past the Rockies, then they're going to give the Dodgers a serious serious problem. You the think Do- they take the Dodgers? They give the Dodgers all they can handle. Yeah, they're going to give the Dodgers a serious serious problem. The Dodgers have a problem with Arizona for some reason. Yeah, they do. And I don't know what it is. It's just matchups, I guess. Now, to me, I think that the surprise is going to be. I think that the Chicago Cubs are actually going to beat the Nationals. And I would be very, very surprised. I don't feel like the Cubs really have that pitch, and they have that bullpen, and the, with Wilson Contreras back there, he seems to be the X factor for their team. But I really don't feel like the Cubs really have enough this year. The Nationals, low-key, to contradict myself, to go Trump, <laughs> the Nationals may have the best team in baseball when, other than their 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 bullpen. Right. And Sean Doolittle actually is closing the door since he came over. Yeah. Uh, but as long as that, you don't ask too much of him, you can you can put yourself in a good situation. That lineup that they have, you read their lineup top to bottom, it's real. When they it's have real. their full cadre of weapons. Uh, Rendon, and we ain't even talking about Murphy. Uh, you're not even talking about Bryce Trey Turner Harper. and Bryce Harper. Come on, man. That's Ma- and Matt Wieters. Matt Wieters is a key pickup. Yeah, key but then pickup. we haven't even talked about Mad Max Scherzer. Come on, man. I mean, he's a gamer. I can't wait. I can't call what's going to happen, folks. But I know that it's going to be exciting. I actually think the Yankees can sneak up on somebody. And, and I don't. The problem, I would. I <laughs> wish the Yankees were playing either Houston or Boston as opposed to playing the Indians because the Yankees can't if, if I had to bet – I personally would say, and I don't have to bet, but I choose to. <laughs> but <laughs> I would say I personally think the Indians are going to win the World Series this year. They look like it. I mean, Carlos Carrasco just today carved. Carved the 14 twins. strikeouts in 18, I mean, 8.1 innings. That's a lot of strikeouts. Carved. And, I mean, these guys are hitting the baseball. They get timely hits. They have speed. They have power. Exactly. They have, they have starting everything. pitching. The they starting have bullpen. Pitches, bullpen. <laughs> they're they're well booty bound round and up. <laughs> Well-balanced meal. It's a well-balanced <laughs> meal. They got plenty of fiber out there. Yeah, dude. The only team out there I feel like could compete with them are the Astros because the Astros have all of the same components. I don't I, – if I had you to You don't say, agree. Well, what I was going to say is, is that I think that the front-line pitching of Cleveland is better than the front-line pitching yes, of – I would agree. You know, because Lance McCullough is dealing with the fatigued shoulder. You have Justin Verlander, who is a vet, who I actually think you can count on. Yeah, Keiko. Uh, Keiko, I don't know about. Colin McHugh, don't start him in the I playoffs. I will start Colin McHugh. Um, and, and then on the flip side, Corey Kluber already showed you what time it is in the playoffs for him. I mean, I was just talking about it uh, earlier today. When you think back to last October – Corey Kluber pitched seemed like every day for the Indians because everybody got hurt. Then he was effective every time he went out there. And I, I and think got I Kluber. think that the Astros to beat Kluber, especially if you go Ver, Verlander against him. It's gonna be a good game. Yeah, Ooh, are you talking about in the game. Central too? I mean, because Verlander is a Central pitcher. Man, you know Central Division. So it's going. To, I mean, it's mouth watering out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is going to be a great Looks series. Like a T-bone steak out there. This is a hundred pound porterhouse. <laughs> you take a porterhouse on there, straight off the ranch, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got a. I like. I, I don't know. I got the Yankees over the Twins in a one game playoff. Um, Sounds about right. 
I need to see the lineups in that Colorado game, to be honest, because I, I want to know who Arizona throws out there. If Arizona runs Robbie Ray out there, Arizona wins the game. Yes, but they're not. If they run Zach Greinke out there, then I think Colorado beats them. Because but, this is like all big money and Eagles stuff now, so you know Zach Greinke's got to be the man. And here's the problem, though. As you pointed out off the air several times, Greg Holland has had his troubles. Greg Holland is and there's a and, and wobbly and, legs and in general the only person that I trust but, in that bullpen in Colorado is Jake McGee. But what about Arizona's bullpen? I agree. I mean, Fernando Rodney is not <laughs> who you seek for wise counsel <laughs> at this stage of Fernando. his career. But I don't still know. Got cheese, though. He still got cheese. I don't know. He just why, likes what, to walk people. Yeah, it looks like flat cheese now. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is. <laughs> he's it trying is. to throw that. He's trying to fool with that change up that don't change. It doesn't. It's not Gouda. <laughs> it is not smoked Gouda. Woo-wee. Well, I think we about covered it all, folks. I think we have covered it all. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Gwendolyn Brooks, and it is, We are each other's harvest. We are each other's business. We are each other's magnitude and bond. We're all in this thing together, folks. I'm your host, Omar Miller. This is the Ozone. You are with me and my brother, Terry Miller. We'll see you next week. Ozone. Switch up, now everybody got their lights off From Soho to SoCo, I do this, they total so dears You can find me in the ozone, chilling with my crew Working till the day that our dreams free us You might find LeBron bumping this up in the kitchen I'm just living the dream I'm in love with the lights This is why you look at that movie You have to talk about that whole movie You're going to play Jay Hart I didn't see it, you did Yeah, I'm in beast mode